Hi, Jenny. Hi, Phil. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Phil Sanders. This is high-quality professional recording. That's what we're doing right now. Excellent. This is to the audience. <laughs> good. I hope I can already see some, like, lag and stuff happening in the video. I don't know if it's... Uh internet or my computer chugging along but we're not gonna fuck with it anymore okay we're gonna leave it and we're gonna we're gonna record the whole thing it's all good because uh, you know what we will be so entertaining that it won't matter yeah. that the quality's bad yeah yeah you know if people are worried about quality as we were discussing earlier that's what i say and if you couldn't hear that in the audio it was an obscenity saying who cares about the quality um this is going to be audio as well. I've been doing these video and audio. Um, Jenny, tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, Dr. Rinker. Yes. Okay. So my name is Jenny Rinker. Um, I suppose my full name. Ah, screw my full name. Uh, yeah. And uh, I have a PhD, which is therefore why I could technically be called Dr. Rinker or Drinker. You put them together. Uh, <laughs> I always love but that. I. <laughs> But I don't do that because that's very silly. Also, I live in Denmark where we don't really stand upon this idea of uh, hierarchies in terms of like if you have a PhD, therefore you should get a title and stuff. It's just my students For call sure. me by my first name, which is kind of fun. This is your highest level of education, like black and white. It doesn't mean anything beyond that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's pretty fun. Like you just, you know, it's it's teaching at a university which is what i do since i didn't get into too much about myself um is uh it's an it's nice because i don't really you know my students aren't you know little peons below me but they're just they're just colleagues that don't happen to know the stuff i know and then my job is to teach them what i know and then then they go off and teach it to other people that's so legit i now i know you as a unicyclist of course that's how we met we've obviously been at many events and things like that together uh, but I don't even think I know if I thought about how how did you start unicycling? Like what when how did this begin for you? That is so that is like nine years ago, I think. Uh, this was nine years ago, eleven. It was a previous relationship. Uh, and the person in question was also a unicyclist. Uh, <laughs> so I started learning in secret. Uh, as a birthday gift, basically, because I thought it'd be fun to be like, oh, look, if girlfriend you can. Think I have the patience to edit all that out. You are mistaken. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Uh, we'll say, no, okay. we'll, I'll, I'll fuss with it. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I'll stop interrupting. <laughs> Fine. It's all good. Um, it is ancient history at this point, so I don't really, I don't think anyone's going to care. But, um, um, yeah, so just start loading in secret, and then we unfortunately broke up not too long after I started learning. But by that point, I was just, I had made this whole plan for myself. I went freaking nuts. Like, I i was going out and riding every day. And let's, let me make this very, very clear. I am, I am not gifted at unicycling. Um, it is not something that comes natural to me. I went out every day and practiced for like, oh, over an hour on this basketball court in North Carolina where I was getting my PhD. And after like finally two weeks, I could almost make it across the basketball court. Like it's a half court, half court basket. Like this is the level that we're talking. So when people are like, oh yeah, I learned to unicycle in a day. I'm like, that's great. 
I don't know who you. those people are. They're garbage. They're garbage people. <laughs> They're just very talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so I, I had put a lot of effort into it, and I had this plan of, like, start learning this tricks and doing that and that and that and, like, you know, down the line. And then broke up with said person. And, uh, but I, I'd already kind of committed. I was, it was this huge thing. And so I just decided not to quit. I had finally, after like three weeks, or would actually ride a bit. And I was just so proud of this uh, progress that I had made. I was just like, screw it. I'm not going to quit. Um, so it's fun. It's it turns out to be fun all by itself. It did. It was kind of. Um, and then eventually I went to my first uh, event, which I think the first one I went to was Nationals in 2013, which is where I met you, Phil Sanders, I believe. Oh, God, it is. Was that in Madison? Uh, no, it was in Butler, Butler County, Pennsylvania. I uh, could not have been there. Oh, I did not go no. to Butler. I think did I, I met Unicorn. in Moab. 25- oh, it could have been. Could have been Moab. It could have been a national. No, it must have been. I've... It must have been 2014 Unicon in Montreal. That, no, no, no. We knew each other by then. We knew each other by then, for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Maybe it was 2014 Moab. Maybe. Cause, like, because, I, because I, didn't start writing, I didn't start writing uni until 2013 in Butler County. At, at I that, see. And the UCC. So it could have been 2014 Moab. It's possible. Because, like, you know, I, I by the time we were in Montreal, you had already heard, like, the whale story, so to speak. We'll see if that makes it <laughs> to the podcast. And uh, uh, and so, like, I remember that moment specifically. You ha- you knew some of my <laughs> most ridiculous stories by the time we were in Montreal, you know? Yes, because you told it You told it around the fire. You told it around the yeah. fire at 2014 Moab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful story, Phil Sanders. Oh, thanks. Oh, God. The pain to bring that up. That'll be an episode all by itself. I can't believe I haven't told that story. Uh, that's going to definitely be an episode by itself. Uh, so, you got into Muni in Butler. More, where, uh, was... well, almost. So, I bought my first Muni in Butler, but I had gone that year to the um, uh, Asheville Muni Fest, which is in Asheville, North Carolina. I just... Mm. Liked unicycling, heard about it, was like, oh, this sounds like fun. Um, and like, this was back when the forums were still a thing. So, like, wrote on the forums, hey, I kind of want to go to this. I don't have a Muni. Someone was like, oh, yeah, you can totally borrow mine. I ended up showing a tent site with, you know, a couple random people. I had no idea who they were because that's how Muni works. Um, got some really totally. good friends and had an amazing time. I was like, so, I liked Muni so much because I've grown up hiking and camping and out in the woods and stuff. Never thought I would enjoy Muni, and, but I was trying to learn tricks and stuff. And then turns out tricks are really not for me. And I was getting really frustrated. And then I went into Muni and I was like, this is so fun. Why have I not been doing this this whole time? It, the more I think about it, it, Muni really is the most like all-inclusive area of unicycling. Uh, you know, yeah. I talk about this on another episode or something, but like, I, you know, it's like, it's fun because it's advanced writing and everyone can participate at like their level. Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, some of the other disciplines, tricks, tricks, like you were saying, like, you know, it's hard to get into tricks and it's harder even still to ride with other riders who do tricks because it can, you can be 
so far away from your friends and tricks that it, they can't even like hang out with you sometimes. Yep. And when the yeah. other the other struggle that I've always had as a unicyclist is I'm I am scared of everything <laughs> all the time. And so you need to be able to just throw that away when you're learning tricks, right? You need to just be able to say, fuck it. And then, you know, flip something anyway. And that's something I have never been able to do. Like, it just does not yeah, work. It's definitely part of my brain. a line you'll always have to step over, uh, you know, sacrificing your body or your fear or whatnot. Uh, but meaning you could be like, you know, I'm just going to walk this section. It's fine. Like, it's fine. I have no pride tied up in this. I, uh, I just, exactly. just want to have fun with people. That's exactly it. And so that's what I've kind of liked about Muni was that there was no, not really any pressure to be good. Um, actually, that's something we could get into. If we want to get really vulnerable, Phil Sanders, I can, uh, we can start talking about vulnerabilities and stuff. But um, yeah, so that's what I liked about Muni at the beginning was that uh, you could just get up and walk if you wanted to. Totally. So, yeah. t- so talk about the talk about vulnerability and in, in unicycling. I think people, because <laughs> people are always like worried especially if you're that rider who's never been to an event before you're always worried about how good you are next to everyone else you know oh, come on computer program give me a break right now you're are, are both of our our camera things are going like 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 this they're going bigger smaller bigger smaller bigger smaller and that's the thing that's being recorded right now that's what's being recorded so, uh, okay uh but come back tell me where what does vulnerability in unicycling mean to you well, I mean, I haven't really talked about this very much. I mean, to close friends and stuff, but not publicly. It's something I've been wanting. To... Sorry. Um, it's when I've realized I, I haven't enjoyed unicycling for the last, like, two or three years, really. Oh. Um, I know. And I've, and I've been doing a lot of thought, especially this year, considering that I haven't been able to travel. I haven't had these distractions, which sort of affords a lot of time to kind of think. Um, and what I've kind of accidentally done is I painted myself into a corner. So what I mean by that is um, I've done a couple of really cool trips that I've been very happy with and liked doing. Um, I was um, given the honor to be on the Chris Holm team for two years in a row. Oh, this is my so three jealous. years, I think now. Yeah, three years. Sorry. Yeah, but this is the last year I stepped down. Um, and the what's happened? Gonna get <laughs> Gonna steal that spot. No, Phil, take it. Take oh, it. Please. No, after the unicycle I just bought, there's no way Chris is gonna look at me and be like, "Get the hell away from my team." Oh. Maybe we can talk about. It. I don't know if okay. you you well, see the Instagram and stuff, but I got a new unicycle. I haven't looked at Instagram in a while. It's related it's good, it's to good. related Stay to all this, all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, Instagram's great. I mean, you can follow us anyway. I I like my Instagram feed. It's I think it's quite healthy and interesting. But I know how it can be poisonous. Um, but anyway, so what happened with the unicycling is I think I went and and put too much pressure on myself to be better. So for the last like two or three years, I've like unicycling has become a source of guilt. In the sense that every time I don't unicycle, if I do another sport, if I go do something else instead of, or, or like if I decide to lay on the couch because I don't feel like going out for a ride, then I feel guilty because I should have gone out and done that. I should have gone. And then when I do go out for a ride, then it's, oh, I should have ridden better. Oh, that's an easy, so many tries. Why am I so scared? 
it's just a bunch of negativity totally. kind of bundled up with that. And th- sorry. That's fine. That's fine. So then, Go for it. then the other thing that, that happened this year that you know about that I don't think I posted about either yet. I've been meaning to, um, was the weird anxiety I started to get while riding on paved roads, paved roads. Yeah. Yeah, you're just worried. You just are envisioning this crash that's going to happen or something like that. Right. There's just this weird impending sense of doom. And it just, it's completely irrational, which is someone who's terribly logical. I'm just like, there's no, there was no trigger. I didn't have a big crash. Just for some reason, suddenly my body decided that paved roads were terribly scary. And anytime riding on flat ground. So then it was just another bit of like, kind of stress, negativity, kind of associated with the unicycle so all of that <laughs> all of those things um kind of kind of combined and i realized that i just i don't know i think i need to take the pressure off myself and have it be fun again totally i so, agree 100 percent uh do you subscribe i had only heard this this year so don't let me say like oh you should do this that or the other thing but uh you know i have uh with this shutdown, been really concerned about my job, as many people are. Uh, you know, my job as a climbing instructor has gone from being one of the most thrilling and rewarding experiences I've had in this thing we call life to literally non-existent in the entire universe, like with the blink of an eye. Um, and so I, you know, I talked to my brother. My brother has a is very successful in his career. Uh, I've, I'm very impressed with him and and where he's taken his career. Uh, and, you know, he subscribes to the idea that anxiety is your mind's way of telling you it's time to change something. And now, obviously, anxiety can come from many other sources and places and, and things in your brain. But, you know, if you feel that nagging anxiety that, you know, every time you do something, you feel that pressure, it could be your brain... Uh, saying like you need to do something else. You got to change how you're doing this or how you're approaching it. That's where this podcast came from, by the way. Is anxiety. <laughs> um, wow. So, cool. do you think maybe there's something about your writing that you could start looking into to make it enjoyable again, or is it maybe taking a step away from writing? I think it's combo. Um, and I agree a hundred percent with the analysis of moving somewhere else. Um, I've seen a similar pattern in me when I was pretty young. Um, so I swam competitively until I was like 21. That was the sport I did. And then I picked up unicycling after that. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm old, older, whatever. Oh um, <laughs> gray hair. So old. Excuse me. I'm going to go get my walker. Yeah, my day. But whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so when I was swimming, I was swimming like three days a week. And then when you like level up to the next level, then it becomes like six days a week. Um, and then eventually you get, get up to nine times a week. But, um, so when we went from three to six, suddenly I was swimming like every day after school. And I'm saying it's like, suddenly I just didn't want to go. I didn't want to go swimming at all. I just wanted to quit the whole thing. And my mom convinced me to stay in it. She's like, no, let's, we'll drop you back down to three. Like, you don't, you don't need to go every day after school. Um, and then just, you know, try this out. And then as you, if you want to get more days a week, we can do that. And that's what we did. And that's, then I ended up swimming for, you know, 10 more years after that. So I think this is just something kind of similar. I think I've just 
done it so much that it's no longer a hobby. It's become a chore. And so that's sure. why I think it's, yeah. I so that's part that. of why I want to, yeah, right. There's something about when you do something so much and then, you know, it's like something you have to do and not something you want to do, then it's just not fun. You know, so, I feel the same way about Muni sometimes. Just like, I, I like Muni. I have a really nice Chris Home Mountain unicycle, 27.5, break all that jazz, and I love it. But man, whenever I go out to ride it, I just... I like riding my mountain unicycle with people. That's the fun part, is like doing things, sessioning things with people. But I, when I go out to like try and get better at Muni by myself, so I'm like more prepared, I just feel like I'm grinding, you know? Obviously there's exercise and a benefit to it. It does make me better, but I never ever feel bad about going to the skate park with my unicycle. You know, I never feel bad about seshing tricks, even if I get ragey and throw my unicycle. <laughs> like, 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 I, that still feels good no matter the rage. I'm working on things in my brain that I feel like I want to work on. And even yeah. though, you know, you, I start walking, pushing my unicycle up the hill and I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? <laughs> you, know, you know, and then you get down. Uh, did you you remember the hill that, that's in my town? You know, super crazy. Because yeah, you came up for the Phil Sanders unicycle weekend, right? Yeah, I totally did. That's why I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we went to the skate park and you got a flat in like three seconds, and then <sighs> you, know, you had to change it, happens. and then you got ragey and threw your unicycle, and I felt like kind of apologizing to the skate park kids. It was really fun. <laughs> They're <laughs> kind of like so it's used fine, to it, which does. is messed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the little the ten year olds are like, ah, this is this is a good day. <laughs> oh, it's that guy. It's that guy. We know him. It's yeah, yeah. Um, this you, time he didn't hit us with the unicycle, so it's fine. Um, Phil, do you have a shirt that just says like I'm always angry or something? Ah, <laughs> uh, I really should. Uh, should I feel like I've gotten better, but I still have I still have those days. But you know that hill though, you you push for like thirty minutes to get to the top of it because of how steep it is, and then you're muni. Where, is this muni? Muni. At, yeah, yeah, in Spokane. And then when you ride down, and you're down that whole hill in, like, three minutes. And so, it's, like, kind of painful sometimes. But, Phil, what if you just learned to run up the hill? Yeah, with a unicycle. You would get so strong. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) I'll just, I'll get, I'll get strong in other ways. (laughs) This is why people don't get good at unicycling, guys. This is what all unicyclists do. They go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll train. I'll train really hard. I'll train really hard. Six months later, you haven't ridden once. <sighs> Jenny, getting interrupted by parents, typical. This is a live podcast, yeah. and she is talking to We're her parents right now. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Hi. 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 Is that your mom? I don't think I've ever seen your mom before. That was my mom. I've seen uh, your dad before. Have you seen my dad or my stepdad? You see my dad. Uh, I because we ran into each other. Yeah, that's your yeah. In yeah. Moab, yeah, yeah, that was my dad. Um, I don't have a picture of my mom. Well, I do, but that's an old picture. Oh, here's one. Here's one. Here's my mom. I have no idea if the video is going to come through. This is my mom. Oh, nice. That's exactly who I saw behind you for a brief moment. Well, good. It's good to know that she's not been replaced by, like, a doppelganger or something. It's good that she doesn't have pictures of weird people uh, in her house that (laughs) that aren't her. Well, I mean, she's got pictures of me. Does that count? Yeah. (laughs) It does. Oh, good. Uh, So, what 
what do you think you want to do with your unicycling right now to make it fun again? Do you think you're taking a step back? Do you think maybe maybe it's time to pick up that 20-inch and look at some more tricks or something instead of doing yeah, all that so, distance? All right. Oh, no, not that I was doing that much. Just, well, definitely a step back. Um, so that's that's part of it is like not feel like trying to get over this feeling of I'm feeling guilty because I'm not riding. So I'm, I've started playing ultimate Frisbee again this year, which is awesome. Um, I've really missed that bit of kind of team sport. Um, and probably start climbing a bit more again, cause I've gotten out of, so oh, hoping to get, so good. Right. I know. So, and I think that's, oh, and I'm also, this isn't sports, but in terms of time, I've also gotten into Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm oh, a dungeon yeah. master. Oh, nice, nice. Right? Uh, so I get to call the shots. So many people have been just really loving the D&D during the pandemic. I'm like the only if, person I know, practically, who doesn't play D&D. I just got too much stuff going on. It's a lot. Well, and it's also, like, d and is not for everyone, I would say, for sure. Like, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's, I don't, what don't I like? I don't like uh, FIFA sports games on totally computer consoles so it's fine but anyway so um yeah so unicycling i'm not sure i think the answer is i don't know what i want out of it and i'm also fine with that because for so long i've had this kind of idea of must be better must do this must write articles post pictures do all this stuff um and i've been really enjoying not doing any of that. I can't remember the last time I posted something on Instagram. No, I do. It was like a couple of days ago. I did it here in Florida because I felt guilty that I hadn't posted in like weeks. Oh, don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty at all. Oh God. I do, I deleted my Facebook this year. I don't know if you, nice. if you saw that. I would I did not. Um but I would I would love to do that if Denmark did not organize everything on Facebook. Yeah. Like, I had what? to Yeah, go for it. Go for it. It's just, no, I was just going to rant about how literally everything is organized on Facebook. Not literally, but like pre basically everything is organized on Facebook in Denmark, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I, you know, I'm sure this is like the train that people are on. But like, uh, you know, I, I've i always been wishy-washy about like data collection and stuff like that. Oh, I should get rid of Google too, frankly. But uh, uh, I, and then I watched The Social Dilemma and I was already hemming and hawing about it. And after watching that, I was like, okay, I, I want this. And I just, I just ripped the bandaid off. And uh, nice. I just, you know, I posted a thing like, okay, I'm getting, I'm pulling the plug. Give me, a, if people want to stay in contact with me, get in contact with me and I'm out. Um, and I do not regret it for a second. You know, I do miss, uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I do miss unicycle chat. <laughs> In the respect <laughs> that I do like talking to people, but I do not miss all the absolute garbage and garbage conversations in unicycle chat. You know who you are. I apologize for none of this. Uh, yeah. What do, what do you, uh, I mean, I'm surely the, the 10,000th post of, hey guys, I'm just getting into unicycling and I really like it. Hi, I want to buy a 20 inch. What should I get? Yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> Not to shit on people who are getting into unicycling, by all means, we, the community is there to help, guys. But I think it's always it's harder to tell people, you know. And I've seen this post a thousand times. There's no, there's only so many ways to tell people that there's no secret to getting better. Uh, you oh, have yeah. to put in the time. Uh, there's no trick to free mounting. There's no trick to getting more revolution. I disagree. There, there is a trick to free mounting. <sighs> 
Free mountain was a bad example, but riding, I would say. There's no trick to riding when yeah. people are just like, I can only go five feet or something and then I, they fall. I would make an argument that there are better tips and tricks to understanding how to free mount, but to get it down to the point oh, where you yeah. can do it consistently yeah, and repeatedly is just practice. Agreed. And, uh, I yeah. will also just add an addendum though i yeah. can't count the number of times that i've missed that second foot and then i clip the pedal and just face plant totally. usually in front of a lot of people that are watching you and you're just like, and for hey. anyone who thinks that they like code a free mount <laughs> and they miss the pedal and they fall over and like oh no i've seen like literally the best riders in the world do that shit like in competition we're like they're like getting amped and pumped and like flexing the muscles and like okay and they go to step on they just miss their pedal and whiff and they're like Ugh. That happens to everyone, guys. It happens to the I best riders in the world. Remember that. And that's what keeps unicyclists humble. Yeah. yeah <laughs> because, yeah. like, stupid shit like that could happen to anyone. Or you, you know, you, you watch someone, like, you know, bomb the craziest, gnarliest, like, rocks and stuff. And then we're riding through the parking lot, and, like, one pebble gets in the tire and just knocks them right off. Sorry, that clap was really loud. Everyone on the audio. Uh, it just knocks them over. Just knocks them over. Ryan Crimson yeah. just eats it, like, going over a little, uh. little stick. And, uh, but yeah, happens to everyone. It's fine. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like literally, literally one of the nicest guys. I mean, if I was going to like between him and Ryan Reynolds, like if I had, if I was holding them comparison. both off the cliff and had to pick someone, mm. I think I would pull them both up and I would jump off the cliff instead. I don't know. I think, uh, listen, Ryan Reynolds has had a good life. Okay. Uh, Ryan Crimsader, I he's probably going to do more for the world long term than That's be true. famous. He is like the female Mother Teresa. <laughs> the female Mother Wait, Teresa? Wait, male Mother Teresa? Yeah, he's like the female Mother <laughs> Teresa. Ryan Crimsader, the female Mother Teresa. <laughs> Another person who's probably never going to listen to this, Ryan Crimsader. Those unicyclists who are like the best unicyclists in the world, yet completely uninvolved in the world of unicycling. Sorry if we're talking shit about all these amazing unicyclists, guys. We're just, uh, you know, it's because we love you. It's because we love you. Uh, Jenny, looking back on your previous unicycle life and experience, what would you say has been your most favorite event that you've been to? Or let's say been to as a rider, because I know you've been involved in lots of events. I hate this sort of question because they're all really great. Or then, um, yeah, 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 go for it. Don't let me. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I have to. Okay, there. Pretty much all of the unicons I've been to, I have very much liked for various reasons. Um, but one one trip that I just really liked that was um, going to Kazakhstan two years ago, I think now. I think it was 2018. You've been to Kazakhstan? That sounds so awesome. Yeah, so so there's uh, several unicyclists there, and one of them, her name is Nastya, and she organizes um, a, an event called Almaty... Uh, oh, no. Almaty Wheel? I can't remember because it's like one event, but there's a bunch of different events that happen in the same event. Um but one of the things that she does, I didn't get to go on this trip, which I was kind of bummed about, but it's like they organize a six-day supported tour, like, in Kazakhstan. So they, like, go from place oh to place. God. Yeah. And they're just, like, riding around, and the terrain is just beautiful. It looks so amazing. And I was really bummed that due to my schedule, I couldn't get to go to that part of the event. But that looks incredible. 
Um, but the part I did get to go to is um, they had then like a kind of after that six day trip, then they came back to the town of Almaty, which is a city in Kazakhstan. Um, and we stayed in Nastya's apartment. Um, and so in Kazakhstan, of course, because it's old USSR country, they primarily speak Russian. Of course, the Kazakh, Kazakh people also speak, I would assume, Kazakh. Uh, sure. So I, yeah, and I, I had like zero Russian experience. So I'm just going here to be like, ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Running, running. and um, nah. which was which was the best. Um, and I tried to learn some Cyrillic while I was there. So like they would write English words in Cyrillic and I tried to learn it, which was really fun. Um, but I got to meet writers that I don't normally hang out with because it was it was primarily Russian writers or Kazakh writers. And the, usually like if we go to like EUC or something, there's not that many people from Russia, for example. Totally, um, totally. There, there are a couple for sure, but not. It's primarily, you know, European countries. So, um, and that trip was just so fun. So we had the just like it was just a good group of people. We had um, six of us, and I think roughly around six. And that's a good number usually because you're not too many that it becomes difficult to organize things. But you're not too few. Like you have a really nice time. Um, and everyone I met was just, I mean, standard unicycle. Uh, community, amazing friendliness. Friendly, we had fun. We, you know, some of, some of us we couldn't really speak, uh, communicate very well, but we still like kind of made it work. Um, totally, totally. Yeah. You see someone do a, a bit, and you're like, ah, that that was great, nice work. Yeah, or just just hanging around and just like a lot of pointing and then like saying basic words. It was great. <laughs> um, and yeah, just got to kind of go around the city, and then we had a day where we went to like a bike park that had just opened which was basically they just had this random like bowl somewhere not too far away from the city and they just had gone like and carved trails into it so you could just like kind of free ride all around and they had a tiny ass uh ski lift so you could lift up and the ski lift was like oh my a couple hundred yards but it was still great because then you got at the top and then you could just come down and you could just do that uh i would love to go riding somewhere that had a ski lift so i didn't have to do one <laughs> solitary iota of uphill yeah it was that was really fun. And then there was a second day with a race day, but I mean, like, so there was a, so Almaty is actually pretty well known. They do, there's a lot of like, um, trail runs that happen there because, so Almaty is this city that's nested in the foot of these mountains. Um, and they're, they're beautiful mountains and I'm completely forgetting their names right now. I've got it probably a Lato because that's what my, yeah, I've got the sticker. Oh, nice. Dun, da, da. There we go. Uh, Almaty means apple, which is why everything is apple themed. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's from cool. the from the race. Um, but yeah, so I mean, even though it wasn't like I didn't get to go on the six day trip, which I was kind of fun about. It was just it was one of those those events that like you think back and you just get like a warm feeling in your heart. So I I'm looking forward to going back someday and renting a car and seeing more of Kazakhstan uh, as a country because it's beautiful. It's really, really pretty. So that's cool. That's cool. Uh, man, I I feel like the only pretty place I've been uh, is uh, is Moab, practically from uni. I mean, anywhere uh, in the southwest U.S. is pretty dang pretty. I would say. That's you know that's like all, most of the writing in Washington is very beautiful as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's the where, where where was the writing in? Uh, people are gonna hate me. Uh, in Montreal, that place was pretty incredible as well. Oh yes, it was. 
Though Benoit, I still, I still not sure I like Sorry. him for that 10k cross country trail. <laughs> I heard it was rough. Uh, you know, if you talk to anyone who writes the rule book, they'll say uh, it's the World Championships. Uh, toughen up or get out. <laughs> no, it was actually, it was actually pretty great. I have a, a fond memory because also that was back when I had like just started uni. I didn't, I hadn't, I didn't know how to use a brake. That like I learned to use a brake in Montreal actually, because we, because we had the downhill practice. I phase. still didn't know how to use a brake. <laughs> Yeah, don't push too hard, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or you'll just really fly off and eat it. Uh, you know, I've had these magic moments with the brake where, like, you go down this, like, section or whatever, and you touch it, you touch your brake a little bit, and you're like, oh, I get it, I feel it, like, you know, and you get through, and then you try it again and just eat shit, like, a second yep. later. Yep. Squeeze too hard. Yep. So, um, Montreal was awesome. Kazakhstan. Yeah. Uh you I would love to. Were... I would love to organize a, a unicycle trip to Kazakhstan. So if people want to, that would be cool. Oh, yeah. Man. As soon as the world is the world again, I would love to uh, to go and ride in a completely foreign place. Well, the Almaty Free Ride Festival, like Nastya's doing it, I think every year. So that's always a thing. But I also want to oh, do a trip. Damn. Maybe not. Maybe combined. Maybe not. But I also want to do a trip where we just get get group of people get a road and then just get the fuck out and yeah yeah just ride just ride our brains out and live our lives you know lifetime experience I, you know my dream ride i don't know if this will ever happen ah oh, god if anyone was ever like into this like doing a supported ride i have always had a, a crazy dream to ride all of the great wall of china hasn't someone I done that I don't know if anyone's ridden the whole thing because I know there are like sections <laughs> that you know where it's like broken up and not there, you can you can hike the whole thing even yeah. through like the jungle and stuff like that but uh, but there are large sections that are like days away from si like the last section of the wall uh, in unmaintained parts for tourism but my understanding is that you can do the whole thing huh um, I would have to look up to see if anyone's done it. maybe someone has done like. Uh, the the whole uh, oh my god my words uh, someone's done like the whole length of wall that's like uh, maintained but I don't know if anyone's done like the whole thing because isn't it like super long like six thousand miles or something like that I I probably uh, wouldn't join you on that but I can like cheer you from afar <laughs> <laughs> I would do it with a bicycle China. how long is the Great Wall of China oh my god how man how far it's 13,000 miles. I think you might want to rethink that goal. You know what? No. Why don't I say no? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to rethink it. I think uh, it would take you like a, at least a year, though, probably. Well, how many, like how many miles a day would you ride <sighs> over this wall? Here, let's, what does it say? 13,000? Let's, uh, let's do some 13,000... You know, 40, 40 miles a day? That's probably a bit much. 20 miles a day? Oh no, you can hike God. that. Uh, 13, it was 13,100. So, uh, divided by 365. Oh, that's a lot of miles a day. That's a lot of miles a day. It's going to take you more than a year. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, but do it yeah, in sections. That's... Do it in sections. Plan out sections. And then you can be sure, like, sure. this year, we'll do this 100 and 200, 300 miles. See, this is why I need to talk to people like you about it. People much smarter than myself. An idiot like me would go and try to do it in one push and die in the Chinese jungle somewhere, uh, you know, eaten by tigers. Well, that would suck because then the world would be deprived of this podcast. 
Uh, that's true. But, I mean, if I do get eaten by tigers, probably just one tiger, they hunt by themselves. Uh, you know, tell that story to other people. Tell them that's the way I wanted to go. Riding my unicycle in China, eaten by a tiger. I will do this. I will write, I'll, <laughs> I will tell the world, Phil Sanders. Uh, what, if you, okay, impossible, impossible ideas. Like, if you could create your your dream event or dream ride you know you, you're saying like oh get some people right through Kazakhstan. what would be your dream like event or ride to to do with people people have to come to this thing um dream event or ride with well i kind of already said the whole kazakhstan road trip thing yeah yeah that would be pretty dang cool. There's a trail. Now I've forgotten which trail it is. It's been a while since I thought about it. Um, I don't know, actually. That's a good another, question. I have another dream trip that just came back to me in this moment, but I'm going to hold on to it. I don't want to give it away just in case someone has a tiny bit more motivation than me. Yeah, don't. Uh, don't do it. I'm holding on to Dream Trip. Somebody else knows what it is, but uh, I'm going to I'm gonna hold on to it. We'll see. Well, I can't I just have... hmm. One thing, I mean, the thing is I wanted to do this with two wheels, so I don't know if that's acceptable. Uh, yeah, whatever. You know, it's judgy of me to say, no, this is a unicycle podcast, no bikes allowed. I mean, yeah, yeah. you could. As long as unicyclists could come on the trip with you. Yes. Well, um, my friend Kirsten and I, Kirsten Goldstein, uh, we've been talking about uh, to South Korea and biking around South Korea, um, like bikepacking. Uh, that I I really I really wish I could have gotten to South Korea. It's like the one I I just think about missing all the time. I just haven't been to the Asian part of the world, and I, I don't know, I'm like into anime and green tea and all that stuff. So I I definitely want to go like that direction. K-pop. I, sign me up for that. I had I had no no expectations for South Korea because I hadn't done any research. I was just like, cool, we're just gonna go and get the pee and get help help out because I was on the helping with the organizing committee, um, and I freaking loved it. Um, our hosts were amazing. I like one of my best memories of Unicon is the day, maybe it was two days before registration opened. Um, they took us out for Korean barbecue at like a traditional Korean barbecue place. So then like we eat this. And so it was all of us just like sitting around this, you know, the grills and all the middle and they're like cooking food. And then I accidentally took a bite of a green chili because I saw someone else do it. And then turns out it was a fucking spicy chili. And then like my face is melting off and everyone is like laughing. And then we drank the like soju in the beer, which is called a Somac. And like they made us one and drink. Oh, it was great. Good times. Really wish I could go back. <laughs> Ah, oh, that sounds incredible. Ah, it was, just jealous. I'm just jealous hearing about it. Well, if you bring your unicycle and you want to come ride along, well, you have to keep up with the bicycles. But <laughs> ah, whatever. I don't care about that. Or, oh. or I mean, Kirsten, uh, Kirsten might bring her 36er. So then, if you guys want to do that, I'll still just bicycle. So I can be the pack mule. Yeah, that could be cool. Sorry, burp. The coffee burps are coming out. I have to keep them away from the mic. Oh. <laughs> you lean away from the mic to breathe in. Yeah, I, I could just you get the huge belch into the mic, but uh, wait, sorry, say it again. Ah, it, it's uh, I lean away from the mic to breathe in. This is an Chocolate old reference. rain. Yes, mm-hmm. A plus, my man. And that's how this gets removed from YouTube, right there. <laughs> DMC claim, right there. From the one. Yeah, the one sentence. That's Two how words. hardcore that algorithm is, you know. You hear that, YouTube? I don't care about you. I don't care about you, YouTube. This is going YouTube. on there because I have no choice. YouTube, do you like birds? <laughs> no, 
not for children. This is not for children. Hear that? YouTube? Oh, yes. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hopefully, this is far enough back in the podcast that everyone has left. <laughs> yeah, they don't care anymore. They're like, they're like, this conversation is so boring. Just two, two people catching up. Let me look through my book of questions. See if I got anything uh, fun. Uh, Question. That sounds very D and D. It's always like a wand of something, or a book of something, or a cloak of billowing, or. Uh, Danny, have you ever broken a unicycle part? I'm sorry, but the way you delivered that line made me think of airplane. I was like, Billy, have you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> sorry, I just rewatched airplane recently. Broken a unicycle part. Um, I do tend to um, bend or break my brake lever handles because I fall a lot, and then it falls directly on the brake level ha lever, and then it, just snaps it either right snaps off. off. That happened in Moab, like one, not even a mile in. <laughs> so the rest. Oh, sorry, not at Moab in um, Long Ride. Porcupine Rim. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. And that's a bad one to have your brake right? yeah. <laughs> go out like, oh, on as well. Oh, awesome. 12 more miles of basically downhill without a brake. Um, so that was fun. Uh, but mostly it just bends, so then I have this really like odd-looking brake lever, and then I have to get a new one. Yeah. So that's basically the I... only thing I've broken, because I'm such a chicken that I don't really... I'm pretty nice for me. Like, I mean, that's... That's one that's just gonna break. It sucks because that you know, anytime you're unit, you fall at that unit cycle, it's just gonna tomahawk straight to the ground. Yep. And uh, right, right hey, you know, it's funny you said exactly the same. I went to ride uh, for a, a Vancouver Muni event with Ryan Kremsader, and uh, we're like, we get to the top of the mountain after all this ride. I'm like, okay, guys, like, gung ho, go off like the first rock, thing tomahawks down <laughs> and just snaps the lever like out of the suction cup, and then like. Luckily, someone had some tape, and I was able to, like, tape it up around the seat and still use oh. it for the rest of the ride. But, uh, yeah, I was just, great. I'm glad I spent all my money on this for it to just immediately break first ride. Well, and it's also, I don't, the even... Shimano does not make this brake lever so that you can replace them. It's so stupid. No. If you want to replace yeah, the brake lever, broken... you have to, like, take the whole, yeah, you just have to replace the whole brake. I'm like, yeah. this is so freaking wasteful. Design better. I am very... I'm very fortunate. I went to my bike shop recently, and I'm like, well, I think this lever's broken. What do you think? And they're like, you know what? People have been buying so much junk that we have, like, 50 used hydraulic brakes in the back. Just it's like 13 bucks. Come down, and we'll just, like, replace it for you. Nice. Which, uh, so I'm very blessed in that respect. I have a really good relationship with my local bike shop. Uh, um, I bought them, my bike shop, the uh, adapters for the... Uh, truing stand and i like gave them to the bike shop so now like whenever i go in to get my like wheel trued they have the adapters and so they charge me like way less money after that and they've had other people there's another guy in my town who also rides unicycles and so now they have like a whole unicycle setup for their bike shop that's pretty nice and i mean knowing how hard you ride it's you probably need to get your wheels retrued a fair amount it's uh it's a uh, common i'm in there i'm uh, one of the the named customers well when i come in <laughs> I think it's just because they like you, Phil. Uh, you know, I'm probably the only customer who always has to come in with his own spokes to get them replaced as well. Yeah, they come in and like, I, pu I push it in and they're like, we don't have this. I was like, no, here, here you go. Here are the spokes uh, that you'll need to fix it. Nice. Um, what has been your favorite unicycle moment working 
with an event. You know, you've been uh, someone who's helped organize. You've been someone who's helped with a lot of unicons and other events. At least that's how I've known you. Uh, you're always one of the, the faces that's working hard for unicycling. Working harder, uh, so, hardly working. So what would you say is like maybe the most rewarding uh, experience you've had working on a unicycle event? Don't you like this deep loaded, so I, you know, podcasty type questions? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I'm legit. You are legit. You are legit. Yeah. I mean, honestly speaking, usually if, at least for me, if I reflect back on like the organizing stuff, the stuff that comes first to mind is all the stuff that went wrong. <laughs> and like the stress that you kind of are just like, ah, it's all going wrong. Um, and kind of that. Um, and afterwards, everyone's like, oh, I had so much fun. That was such a good, that was so well organized. And you're like, you're like, smoke's coming out your ears. And you're like, you don't know what I went through. You don't know what I experienced. So for your happiness. Oh, oh, Phil, you weren't in South Korea, right? I wasn't. Yeah. yeah. I wish I was. If only it was like that. But no. Um, yeah, no, it's not always that way. But um, that's a different story for a different day. What is a good, I mean, honestly, the memory I already told about the, the Korean barbecue is a, a really nice one because that's, I mean, that was also, again, kind of, because usually by the end of the event, we're all just wasted, not like drunk. I mean, it depends, yeah, but yeah. usually we're just yeah. like, <laughs> um, and everyone's just exhausted. So usually like you don't have as much energy kind of. So I think that memory of the barbecue at the beginning was nice because we had everyone together and it was also getting it because that was really like the only bit I experienced of Korea really was that. And I mm -hmm. love that sort of thing. I love like that sort of sharing of culture it, in an odd way. So that was really fun. Um, uh, your, I, your, your reaction just gave me an idea. So let, like, let's shift gears for a second. So like, let's just, uh, Let's just shit on unicycling for a minute. Let's just shit on it. Like, <laughs> uh, so like, yeah. Let, so tell me, it's like, what is it? What's that like? Some of the like, without you know, we're not gonna attack anyone or, or or shit on people. But like, like, what's some of the worst shit that's happened in unicycling? Yeah, like, oh, like, or, or just you, su uh, what, what sucks about unicycling? What's just like totally bullshit? You just hate it. Like, you know, something stupid. The unicycling always have to deal with it, events. How every. And it doesn't matter what country you're in, because they do this in Denmark too. And in the, like the exact same words, you're missing a wheel, or like where's oh your other God. wheel? And it, what's so beautiful? And when I be beautiful, I don't mean it in the normal sense. I was actually frustrating as oh get out. It's like, <laughs> why is it the same word? Why is everyone yeah. like you're missing a wheel, or like where's your other wheel? I'm just like, what is it about human nature that they're just like oh. <laughs> you must be missing one. I'm just like, because you don't want to be mean because they don't mean to be unclever. It's just like when you've literally no, heard it hundreds of times before, you're just like, haha, no. Yeah, if people say it to me now, I go, uh huh, and just keep walking. And they're like, wait, wait, don't you think it was funny? And you're like, no, I don't think anything's funny. I'm dead inside. <laughs> All right. That was an excellent delivery. Sorry that I ruined it by my explosive laughter. No, it's um, great. Yeah. No, usually uh, what I just say is, no, I only need one with a smile, but I keep, like, writing. I, 
you know, I think for me, when I think about it, is like I, uh, I've, I've, I have picked up more volunteering. It's fine. It's You're fine, moving though. so slowly. <laughs> You're moving really slowly. Uh, All right, now you're back. For anyone who thought that big moment of silence, we were testing our internet. Uh, you know, I, I've started volunteering more and participating more in organization and uh, actively helping at events. Just, just you know, uh, in Colorado in particular, I really tried to, like, not go on the rides and tried to help with more of the, the, the stuff, help, tearing down the trials courses and things like that, uh, asking where they need help and going to help with keeping times and all that jazz and it's just a, I think it's just maybe becoming an adult but uh it's funny to look at what's happening in riding and be like guys come help us volunteer and you see all the younger riders are like no 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 we're gonna go fuck around and have fun and do other stuff and I'm like oh god that was me I was that to the to unicycling and and there and you just can't like convince people to help out more you know you know, because, like, I, I had exactly this experience when I was that age, when I would, you know, pack up and go on the vacations to Unicons. And I'm like, no, 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 this is my vacation. This is my break from life. Like, I'm not going to work on my vacation. And you're like, nah, but, like, but you still do need to work. Like, you still need to help out. It keeps the sport alive. And, uh... Okay, is that, that doesn't mind me, so... Oh, sorry. I cut you off. Go for it. No. All right, this is well, the nature of this stupid live, you know, Skype hey! recording bullcrap. It's all good. Um, that does, yeah. So, so one thing I think this this isn't really a unicyclist thing. It's more of human nature in general. Is that um, people tend to forget how much work has to go into an event, and it doesn't matter if it's unicycling. It could be a concert. It could be um, anything where you know you're showing up and you're part of an audience, so to speak, um, or a competitor or something of that nature. Um, is just it takes a crap ton of work and and i think what a lot of people don't realize like about unicon for example is that um the money people complain about the money always they're like oh it's so expensive constantly. yes yep there's that one thing because it's like oh well if you sign up for this event then like you know well that's a that's a different thing but um people don't realize is that it's actually relatively cheap like if you're spending like what 250 euros for a two-week event oh yeah it's something like people... that it's it's almost all even the most expensive ones. People don't understand it. For two weeks is so cheap. It's yeah. so cheap. I've gone to conferences where we've had to pay like six hundred euros for three days or something. Like, and that that doesn't include room and board. So, I know that Unicon in that sense is actually ins insanely cheap. But the reason it's so cheap is that the volunteering is built in to like we, we assume oh. that we can run this event through the power of volunteers. So when people show up and then i i've had this a couple times and it just drove me nuts but it's just a misalignment of expectations is because we would have some people that come to the volunteering desk and then you say hey would you like to we we need some volunteers can you please volunteer and they just look at you and they're just like no like why would i do this i've paid for this event therefore i shouldn't yeah. have to contribute further which i get that like if you want to think that way fine but then i think we need to have a different pricing scheme for that like either you yeah. pick you you contribute with your body 
or yeah, like you know, you you I don't know, you don't volunteer at least like okay, it's two weeks long, so you don't volunteer at least three hours, and uh, you have to pay an extra hundred euros or whatever the equivalent is, or something like. I that. mean, even like even like thirty euros is fine, like because yeah. enough people would do that. People are gonna hate me, but <laughs> for, for, well, like, that's, uh, that's fine. I mean, you know, whatever the, but that's for, we've discussed that before as well, but I mean, that's just kind of one thing that I, I don't think people really realize. And like you were talking about in particular urban events. And I think that that is true for all disciplines um, that, that sometimes, yeah, you just kind of forget. And it could also be an age thing. Like if you're a teenager and you're living with your parents and you're used to having things done for you in a certain way, then it would make sense that if you're an event, you don't think, oh, I need to help clean up. Or you don't, when you show up and everything's already set up, you don't realize how it looked before all that stuff totally. was Totally. So you don't think about cleaning up because why would you clean up? It's just like it was when I got here. So. Yeah. And I don't want to throw, I don't want to throw like Americans under the bus in particular. Uh, but I feel like, especially when you go to like European events or just unicons that are not in America, uh, you, I feel like I, I, myself included, no question, like have seen like some of us North American writers be like, oh, cleaning up? <laughs> oh, what's, where's the drinking happening? You know, <laughs> uh, you know over here. Uh, but I don't know. It's probably the same. It's probably more an individual thing and not a uh, regionally based thing. It could uh, very well be. At this point, it's been like coming on two and a half years since I've been to a unicycle event since Unicon 2018 is my last one. Uh, would you entertain going to Paris? When? Not Paris. What? Uh, oh, Grenoble. Uh, yeah, Grenoble. That's, will, that's will not until 2022. Yeah, but it's the next one. Well, that was the plan. Yeah. Okay, okay. Just make a check. You know, I was going to go. I was actually supposed to be volunteer director, but as a co-volunteer, I should say. Elise is the main one, and I was going to help. But in also in relation to this whole me stepping back from a bunch of unicycle things, I dropped out of that. <sighs> Sorry, Elise. So That's luckily, fine. Um, luckily, Val is amazing, and she stepped in. So I didn't just like leave them high and dry. I found a replacement. But... Um, yeah. Yeah, so I do plan on being in Grenoble, but now now that it's like a full two years, one and a half years away, I don't know. Like the plan is to go, but I don't know where I'm. I don't you know. I don't know what color hair I'm gonna have in one and a half years. <laughs> yeah, I could totally. have blue hair for all I know. It in a way to me, it's almost relieving that it's. I there was a lot of pressure. I think you know because they're every two years to like have all my money saved up ready. I was like shopping for plane tickets really hard, and then like oh, of course as the pandemic's coming on, I'm like, uh, should I buy this plane ticket? Is it going to be refundable? And then luckily it all got cut, and I'm like, oh thank God. So now I can like really, I'm going to be able to go to France and just I'm going to be able to like eat out the whole time. I'm going to be able to buy myself a nice like hotel to stay while I'm there, all this stuff. Cause I'm going to be able to, it's so far away. I'm going to really be able to save my money and like be prepared for it. And I'm you don't want to crash that. in a hotel room with like five other people that get uh, wasted and barf all over the bathroom. Not that you've ever done this. No, I, I, and I might still be okay with that. Uh, it's what, this is not a criticism of Spain. Uh, this is not a criticism of how the event was organized. They did a great job with what they had to work with. But I think uh, for myself, I will have to make sure I have access to a shower all the time, wherever oh God, my event the shower is. Was... Uh, I think the shower it's... was. 
I think I'm just especially a sweaty individual. I know everyone sweats rice, but like as a 33-year-old man, I just need to be able to go back at the end of the day, and I also need to be able to shower. And then uh, I don't. I just don't drink anymore uh, either. So I, uh, I, I will hang out and I'll have fun with people. But like, man, even like as I like have, I'll have like one, you know, a glass of wine or something, and I'll wake up in the morning after one glass of wine now and be like, ah. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah, because, I, you know, I stopped drinking for, like, well over a year. And then yeah. I kind of, like, would have some on, like, a birthday or a holiday. And even now and then, I'll, if if everyone's having something, I'll have one. And I, even now, it's like, oh, all the pleasure is gone from it for me. It tastes good in the moment, and then all the pleasure is gone after that. Fair. What if mm. what if you got, like, a sober a sober group together, and then you just guys just split the Airbnb? Uh, that'd be fine, and I don't, I don't care about if people want to party at my place. That's all fine. I can, I can. I'll, I like to stay, hang, stay up late and hang out and and do all that kind of stuff. I just, uh, you know, got young people. No one wants to admit it, but you get older, you just get more tired. You just are more tired. You know, you know, you don't even want it. Like I, 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 I see like. I'm like, oh man, I'm getting so tired. God, how you look at it like it's like eight thirty, and you're like, oh god. What's happening to my mind and my body, you know? And you don't even you don't even wish it on yourself. It just happens. It just happens. You just you become old. People told you, you it was going to happen your whole life, too, and you didn't believe them. And and then, you know, I re- especially with like daylight savings time and all that stuff, and and over here, you're like, you're like it's dark out. I'm feeling sleepy. And you look at the clock, and it's like six forty-five. You're like, oh god, I'm an adult, aren't I? You know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Jenny, I think we're getting there. Give me, like, your final thoughts on unicycle, the unicycle world. Is it a thing you've always, like, thought about the unicycle world? Is there things you'd want to change? Is there is there a shift in unicycle? Is it bigger to you now? Is it smaller? I imagine it's different in Denmark. There's probably a lot more unicyclists than there are, like, concentrated here in the United States by comparison. What are your mm. final thoughts on unicycling and how it feels for you? I think this is okay. This has been said countless times before, but I'm going to say it again anyway. I am consistently amazed at the people in the unicycling community um, in a positive way. Like, I don't understand how unicyclists can be so awesome. Um, you're frozen, aren't you? Nope. I just am really okay. good at holding still. Just your face is frozen. That's good. No, because you're you're blinking right now on my screen. So so I'll continue my my moving monologue. Um, <laughs> um no, but really, I think um, it doesn't. Regardless of kind of my feelings about the unicycle itself and whatever issues I get to to work through. Um, you're unfrozen, by the way. Um, I'm very happy that the community is what it is and that I have met so many amazing people around the world that that do it. So I think that's really, really cool. And it's, you know, it's, um, yeah, I don't know where it's going to go for me personally. Um, that's a, that's a choice that I get to work through, but, um, I have been very thankful for what it's given me so far. Well, that's incredible. Uh, and then my last question, just this came to me in this moment. Uh, <laughs> do you think, 
what do you think would need to change in unicycling to bring it more into the mainstream? Or is that probably something that just won't happen? I don't think it can. And I'll tell you why. I think the learning curve is too high. And I don't think that should change. It's just the nature of what it is. Um, I mean, and then, then actually we could get into a whole discussion of culturally, like why, for example, other countries have a lot more unicyclists than others. And then also how it's reflected in the type of unicycling they do and the type of unicycling they compete in and yada, yada, yada. But that's a different different topic. Yeah, we could, we, we could do more episodes, Jenny. We could do more episodes <laughs> just, later. Yeah, because this, this one's not boring enough. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, this is fun. This is fun. I think people like are going to think that like, you know, like this happened too with Ed Hawks and me is like we started talking and then we started down one subject and then another and we're like we can't we can't talk about there's not enough time to talk about all of this like you know we we i even had like two hours set aside and uh, yeah. uh we're like this is there's so many subjects we can expand upon so we can just come yeah. back and talk to about this especially i think you know it's nice to hear your perspective it's he nice to hear your perspective uh, especially as a female writer a prominent a sponsored female writer uh you know because i think you know we could all admit that Sometimes unicycling you know, is a little, little dude heavy, you know. Depends on the discipline. I mean, freestyle is the opposite. Totally. Freestyle is female, female heavy. But that goes, okay, I think, in my opinion, that goes back to culture and expectations as well. Sure. Um, to use Denmark as an example, um, it's actually quite interesting. Um, uh, trying to think how to... How to, that's that's going to be too complicated to explain because then I have to explain a bunch of things about culture that that might yeah anyway yeah, we'll come we'll, we'll, we'll do a whole episode that's like unicycling culture episode we'll on, do that on unicycling around the world unicycling yeah we can talk about that that'd be fun um but yeah so I guess but but the you know the girls not going into street urban um literally everything except freestyle basically um that's kind of a standard thing that's not specific to unicycling that's just the street and urban culture in general like how many if you look at skateboarders how many of them are female it's a minority um pretty much so that's kind of that's just the nature of our culture and then my personal theory is that it's unreflected in that um so yeah um but yeah so and kind of the question that you asked is like what needs to happen to make it more mainstream or I actually don't think it needs to be more mainstream part of the joy of unicycling is that you get to meet someone else that does it and you're just like you do this weird thing too that's amazing why don't you just like come over to my house we've never met but it doesn't matter do you need a bed I have a bed like that sort of thing totally that's my favorite is really only it. possible because of I you yeah. know when I travel I I feel like I hardly ever have to like sincerely book a hotel or anything it's almost always easy to like find someone to stay with or someone else who rides or, or let you crash there or even even just park in their in their driveway or something like that uh and uh you know i, I feel like i think i've mentioned talked about this a lot before but uh you know i feel like climbing is weird because it has definitely hit the mainstream uh you know when i started climbing you know it's not pretty I would say late to the game, the like 2000 is like when I started climbing, and it was still pretty small. Like you go to the gym, and that's like the same group of people you see every day. And now, there are so many people who climb at the gym or did climb at the gym when it was open uh, that, like you know, 
know, I, even though I work there every day, there's tons of people who don't know who I am, and I and I'm there every day, and that's just crazy. It's like a a huge explosion, and and in some ways, I feel like I, climbing won't be the same for me that way again. It won't be that type of community the way that unicycling I think is probably going to stay. Uh, and I kind of like look back on climbing finally and like kind of miss the days when it was a little smaller, a little bit more, like only only people who really worked to climb rocks and not necessarily just do it for exercise and pleasure or just only do it in the gym. Uh, you know, it's it's not like that anymore. Now, now it's like go into the gym. You know, everybody does it. Phil Sanders, there's something that we have not discussed at all. Oh, God. Do you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend? Uh, I do. I do. Are we, are we, are we taking this into the podcast or are we closing? Closing it. We can keep talking after. Okay, we can close it. We can close it. Okay. (laughs) We're going to call this an episode. Woo! Uh, I need to figure this out in the beginning where I tell people, okay, we're going to say goodbye and then I'm going to stop recording and then we're going to keep talking afterwards. Uh, I keep forgetting to do that bit. But okay, this is the end of the episode. Thanks for talking with me, Jenny. Thanks for having me. I figured out that I have to let this go for a little bit before I hit stop. And...